0: Five things every wife should know about PTSD. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. All right, so let me officially welcome you to my house. All right, come on in, get comfortable, grab a seat, grab a snack, whatever you like. This show is all about you. And my goal is to give you the tools that you need to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on your marriage, in your family, and in your daily life. All right. So, without further ado, let's get this party started. Woohoo! So, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am a proud US Navy veteran and a proud US Navy wife. Um, My husband was deployed twice to Iraq, and he was there when the war started and uh, came back a couple years later um, while they were still fighting. You know, as you can imagine, he experienced a whole lot over there, as many of our service members do. Um, To make a long story short, years later, he was diagnosed with PTSD. Now, what I will not do is give you the impression that my marriage was perfect before this diagnosis of PTSD. I'm not going to pretend that I didn't come to the marriage with my own set of problems and my own set of personal issues that helped to complicate and strain the relationship. And I won't pretend that he didn't come into the relationship with his own set of issues either. Um, But when you couple that together with the effect that PTSD has on a relationship, it can be devastating. All right, so the environment became toxic, and for years I wore a mask. I would pretend that everything was okay on the outside, but on the inside it wasn't. You know, I dealt with guilt and insecurity, isolation and depression, and it seemed like everything had spiraled out of control. And my marriage suffered as I became emotionally disconnected and fell into a deep depression of my own. So there was no one moment that sparked the change in my life. There wasn't one thing that I can attribute to the turnaround that happened. Instead, it was just a series of small steps that eventually put me on the right path. And it didn't happen overnight. It didn't even happen on purpose. You know, it was a process. And as I began to do the work, I noticed the changes that were happening within me and around me. I ended up gaining control of my life Once I decided that I no longer wanted to be a product of my environment and, you know, I wanted off the roller coaster, I needed stability and I wasn't willing to let life just happen to me. I wanted to be in control of my life. And I had to come to the realization that my happiness is my responsibility and no one else. And I had to learn how to keep my joy regardless of the circumstances and not be swayed by the words and actions of others. So how did I do it? I changed my environment by first changing the way that I think. I learned that self-care is not selfish, but in fact, it's a necessity. And I began to take better care of myself, my mind, my body and soul. And I ended up working through the issues that I had. I did reclaim my power and I was able to take back my life. Life is going to have its ups and downs. That's the truth. But real peace is going to come from within. It's not based on what's going on outside of you. Change requires you changing the way you think and you feel about your situation. Your mindset is going to be key in making life changes. Whatever it is that you want to do, it starts with a thought. What you visualize is what eventually will become your goal. And when you have a goal, you can create the plan. And when you put action behind your plan, you'll create the change in the life that you desire. So today's show, we're going to talk about five things that every wife should know about PTSD. All right, five things every wife should know about PTSD. So the first thing is going to be PTSD affects the whole house. I'm talking about every aspect of your life. PTSD is going to affect it from the big things. Like, of course, you have the uh, angry outbursts, the arguing. It can cause a divide in your relationships. It can cause a divide in the relationships between your children and yourself um, or or whoever it is that has the PTSD. But even down to the little things. One thing about. My husband, uh, he was diagnosed with PTSD after two tours to Iraq. After the first time he came home, before we even knew anything about PTSD, one thing I noticed, it was the first time he deployed, number one, and then the second thing was that it was his first deployment as a married man was going to war. Okay. He came back home. And one of the things that I noticed about him, he was always pacing. So it would be the middle of the night and he would just be a pacing walking around. And guess what that did that affected my sleep. I couldn't sleep because he couldn't sleep, you know, and even to this day, that was, you know, almost 20 years ago, but even to this day, he still doesn't sleep well. And that affects my sleep because that'll wake me up. I'll be asleep. And then I'll turn over, I get up to go to the bathroom or something. And he's laying there wide awake, got the phone, you know, in his hand. He's he's in the light from the phone. It illuminates the whole room. So now I can't sleep. So I can say that my sleep has been affected by him not being able to sleep. Now, that's just a small portion. Besides the sleeping issues and the small things, like I said, uh, there are other parts of the house that it does affect. So you have, number one, your relationship with your children, all right? That's a big thing. A lot of times you'll find that you have to be the peacemaker in the house, especially if you're dealing with teenagers or children that are old enough to understand that something isn't right. So of course you have, the issues that you're dealing with within your own relationship, but sometimes that anger and frustration um, that that your husband feels, you know, having gone through this trauma, um, he can end up taking it out, not just on you, but on the children as well. He can be angry about the children, you know, maybe not cleaning their room or doing their chores. And while the fact that, yes, they need to clean their room, yes, they need to do their chores, the fact that That will come off in such a harsh way because of the anger that they have built up. It's not necessarily an anger towards the children. It's an anger towards the fact that the stuff wasn't done and it wasn't done correctly or whatever the issue may be. But it's still the way that things come out. You find that you will have to be the peacemaker in a lot of situations. Um, I find, as I said, my children are older now um and they they can see they kind of know how to sense you know okay dad's having an off moment right now so let's just chill we give him grace for that and you know in the conversations that I've had with my husband it is the fact he's right the chores need to be done their rooms need to be cleaned the dishes need to be uh taken care of the trash needs to be taken out of the house he's absolutely right that this needs to be done however when he's dealing with an anger issue, the way that it comes out is very hurtful. The words that you say, the way that you say them, they can be very hurtful. And as our children, sometimes they don't they don't know how to put the divide in there, or sometimes they may be sick of, you know, giving grace. <laughs> you know, they may be sick of doing that because they're teenagers or they're young people, they're children. They don't understand. All they know is that dad is not being very nice to them at the moment. And it's reality. That's reality. It does happen. So I find myself a lot of times having to go as the um, the mediator in the house to kind of pull my husband to the side or at a time when it's a good time to talk. And I'll discuss, Okay, here's what is happening. You know, I understand that you're upset about stuff not being done, but we got to think about we don't want to push the kids away. And it's the same thing that I do with the kids. I tell the kids, all right, look, yes, dad's mad and it came out in a terrible way. Sometimes that happens, but you still need to get done with what it is that needs to be done. He wouldn't have to yell if y'all weren't doing, (laughs) if y'all were doing what it was that you were supposed to be doing. So sometimes as a wife, you are going to have to play mediator, okay? Mediator. And you have to be careful because your kids If all they get is just um, the bad and the harsh end and the love is not reinforced, um, it can cause the kids to start having their own problems. It can do the same for you. You can have your own problems. So you want to be careful, especially with the younger children. You have to watch what it is that um, they're doing and see if they're developing these uh, habits or developing, you know, things that, you know, these behaviors that you see um, that something has changed in them. And now there's negative behaviors coming out. They may start having problems at school. They may start hanging out with the wrong kids. They may have Problems in their own relationships, maybe arguing and fighting amongst each other if there's more than one, or maybe arguing and fighting with their friends. Isolation is another thing you have to be very careful with that, especially with your children. That can happen to us as adults. It can happen to the person that actually had uh, the trauma. They can use isolation. It's isolation is going to be a form of protection. Um, and it's a way of keeping yourself from being hurt, but then it's also a catalyst for depression and other things that come with it. You know what I mean? So we have to be careful about that. So you always have to keep a watchful eye. There's a verse in Proverbs 31. It's one of my favorite verses, um, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, but it talks about how this, um. Wise woman, she's always she knows the affairs of her house and basically and also I'm sorry, it says she knows the affairs of her house and that she is also ready to take action on them. So that tells me that the mother is involved. She's not just letting things just happen and just going with it and not doing anything about it. She sees she sees what's going on in her family. She sees what's going on with her children and she takes action immediately on it. It says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. That's what it means. She's taking action on what she sees going on. She's going to discern some spirits in her house and that doesn't have to be anything spooky, but she's going to discern something is off in this house. Something is off with my child. Something is off with my husband. All right. And from there, she takes action. So that's a part of being a wise woman. All right. So PTSD affects the whole house. That is the first point. All right. So the second thing you need to know is that it is not your job to fix your spouse. I'm going to say that again. It is not your job to fix your spouse. All right. What do I mean by that? Well, As women, we're nurturers, we want to take care of everyone. We want to do everything. There are some things that they are going to have to do themselves. To change someone is not up to someone on the outside to do it, no matter what it is. Change is going to come from the inside. It's going to start first where? In your mind. So if a person decides that they want to change or that they want to get better, it's going to have to come from them first, meaning that change is going to have to come from inside of your spouse first. All right. With that being said, there are things that only he and the Lord will have to do together. You can be supportive so that you are there for them as they make the change as they do things to help them. Okay. The first thing I suggest is number one, encourage them to go to counseling, encourage them to talk with someone, even if they don't have, you know, like an official counselor or a therapist or, you know, someone they can talk to. How about a church pastor? How about your pastor? How about a good friend, you know, that you can talk with and kind of vent and not worry about having a, you know, not worry about having things come back to you. All right. Um, you can also speak with someone that you respect and an older person that you may respect or even talk to someone that has been through the situation and see how how they work their way out or what the things that they do, you know, to help them out in the situation. All right. You cannot fix your husband. So don't try to take that on yourself. If you try to take that on yourself, you can add more stress. You can add more headaches to yourself. All right. You can. I can't tell you the amount of headaches that I got (laughs) in thinking that I can do it. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Lord. I can't fix you. (laughs) I had to realize for myself that only he can do this. Only he can do this. Only he can make it right. And so that's when I had to put my trust in him to do that. All right. So you cannot fix him. Here's another thing that I have said many, many a times. PTSD is not the cause of all your problems in your relationship. I'll say that again. PTSD is not the cause of all your relationship problems. All right. Now I will say this, yes, PTSD does come with its own set of issues. But what I know is that what PTSD does is to highlight the issues that already exist in your relationship. All right. So when my husband and I first got together, uh, we came with our own set of issues, (laughs) each one of us, we came with our own set of issues, our own set of problems. And once The PTSD came into the picture. The issue was that the way that we dealt with those issues, uh, that is what became the problem. So we may be arguing about a pot on the stove and it'll turn into something ugly from there. The issues is not the PTSD. The issue is whatever issue you have in your relationship. So it could be maybe you're arguing about a pot because the kitchen wasn't clean. And maybe the issue is that you never clean up the kitchen. <laughs> maybe that's the issue. Maybe the issue is that you don't cook. And now we got to fight about this pot because you didn't cook. You know, maybe the issue is um, going out to eat all the time. And that's a financial issue. Or it's something, it's a. It's an issue in there um, where something is lacking in the house. And sometimes if a person is dealing with PTSD, they have anger outbursts and things like that. And, you know, people think that, oh, my husband's mad and he's he's getting mad and he's going off on me and he's snapping, having these outbursts and they come out of nowhere. No, that's not true. It may be misdirected. He's upset about something. It's not just going to be, you know, I'm a snap out of nowhere. No, he's upset about something. So don't that's a lie. That's a lie right there. He's upset about nothing. It is. Now, maybe the, uh, like I said, the anger could be misdirected. Um, It could be that it came out at the wrong time. The, The actual anger came out at the wrong time about the wrong thing, but go back and track it. Do your homework. When things settle down, go back in and see, okay, what was the real issue about that? We couldn't be fighting over just that pot on the stove. What was the real issue? All right. So, As I said, PTSD is not the cause of all your marital problems. So one thing you can do is to continue to work on the issues that you have. Find out ways to make things better. Put systems in place. If it's something simple, like I said, like I keep going back to the example of um, things not being done around the house. Guess what? Pick a time, create a schedule, create some sort of system where everybody participates in cleaning up the house. That's one less thing that you have to worry about. If you work together to get something done, that's one less thing that you have to worry about. One less issue that you're going to have. Money, sex, things like that. Those are issues that affect all marriages, whether there's PTSD involved or not. All right, that is something that you can work on together. If it's a money issue, find ways to bring more money in the house. Find ways to budget and save money. Find ways to be more responsible with your money. That's going to take a lot of stress off of them. Now, I will tell you one thing about PTSD. Well, I'm sorry, let me backtrack. One thing about trauma is that trauma strips a person of their sense of security. What do I mean by that? Basically, with trauma, when an event happens, a person can be traumatized and it's It's as if they have no sense of control about the situation. So, yes, they survive, but they have no sense of control about the situation. All right. They have they end up going through something and they have no control in it. So once they get out of it, they are stripped of that sense of control. And so they're grasping at control. Sometimes it has to be, and it's not a bad thing, but you want to be in control of yourself. You want to be in control of your thoughts. You want to be in control of uh, your behavior, the things that you do. So if you're having money problems, let's go back to the money problems. If you're having money problems and the issue with them is, okay, I don't have any sense of control because what if we lose this? What if we lose that? So now we start worrying about what if I lose this? What if I can't pay for this? What if I get kicked out of my house? What if, you know, you're playing a what if game. So what you're doing by putting systems in place to help make that issue better, you're actually helping them feel better. You're actually helping them to gain their sense of control back. So, okay, if we bring in more money, if we're saving, if we're budgeting, if we're being wise with our money, now I have a better control over that part of my life. We don't have to fight about that part as much. So that's a way that you can help to give them that sense of control, that sense of peace, and that, um, you know, that sense of security. All right. And um, that helps with, with, um, making things a little bit more peaceful around the house. That's less that you have to fight about. So there's a scripture in James four. We'll start at verse one. Basically what it says is, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. And when you do ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. All right. That was James chapter four, verse one through three. So essentially what it's saying is that the reason that you fight and get mad and argue with each other is because there's something that you want that you're not getting. So that's where that anger and that outburst comes from is the fact that there's something that you want from your spouse or there's something that your spouse wants from you and they're not getting it. They're not giving it to you. Now, it, it could be that they don't have it to give or it can be that they have it and they don't want to give it to you. And that makes you angry. And from there, that's what causes the fighting and the outburst and things like that. So that's how you can be a support to them. That's how you can help them out on their journey. Again, you're not doing it for them, but you're being a support to them, all right? Sex can be a big issue. Sex can be a really big issue. You're the one person that can give him what it is that he's wanting. And if you're not giving it to him, that can create a whole lot of issues. If he's dealing with PTSD, that's another thing that is affected, self-esteem, And then that creates all these thoughts in them. Well, what if she's giving it to somebody else? What if she's not interested in me? What if she doesn't like me anymore? What if she doesn't love me? What if she doesn't feel the same way? And that could be a whole story they can create in their mind because you're not giving them what it is that they want. And then that creates arguments and whatnot in between the two of you. I'm not gonna wanna have sex with someone after they just cuss me out. That's, That's not hot. (laughs) that's that's not a turn on. All right. So we have to, we have to be mindful. We have to come together. It's a two way street. That's a whole nother show. I can talk about that. That is a whole nother show because that's, that's a real issue. Not just, like I said, that's one of those things that's not just an issue just for people that are dealing with PTSD, but for wives and and husbands in general, everybody faces that issue um, at one point or another, or some, some aspect of it. Did you know that 70 percent of marriages dealing with PTSD end in divorce and the rates of abuse and violence are much higher in families that are dealing with PTSD? Hostility and conflict can tear a family apart. The problem is, is that families are not equipped to handle the changes and the challenges that are brought on by the effects of trauma. In my book, The PTSD Wives Handbook, I uncover the hidden wounds of PTSD, and I give you the tools that you need to let go of emotional baggage and find inner peace, self-love, and personal strength. I'm going to show you how to turn your pain into a renewed passion for a better quality of life for yourself, for your spouse, and for your family. PTSD affects the whole house, but your family doesn't have to be destroyed because of it. Get your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today. Click on the link in the show notes to order. Now, back to the show. All right, so we're all the way at number four now. So the fourth one is self-care is a must. Sis, you have to take care of yourself, all right? I'm not just talking about going out to get your hair done, get your nails done, going to the spa, get a massage, no. Self-care is going to be the time that you take to minister to yourself, to minister to your mind, to minister to your heart, All right. When you're going through something, you definitely need to build up your defenses with the word, with worship. All right. With prayer and fasting when it's needed. All right. There's some things that you have to do for yourself to make sure that you are good to go with your family, with your relationship. All right. So what do I mean by that? So one thing Going to church, I'm going to tell you what worked for me. This is one thing I say I will never, never tell you what to believe, but I will tell you what has worked for me. All right. So, going to church, getting in my word, getting in relationship with the Lord, praying, fasting, things like that, those are all things that help me on my mental journey. They actually help me with getting better, they actually help to give me focus. All right. They actually helped to give me peace and calm my mind. Don't get me started on <laughs> what the Lord has done. I tell you. Um, but anyway, so the first thing you need to do, I would say definitely connect with a fellowship, connect with a church. All right. Find the one that's right for you. Don't just go anywhere. Online is great, but I think that you should have a place that you can go to in your local area. I think you should be able to communicate with the people that are there. I think you should be able to fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ that are there in your local area assembly. It is so important to be surrounded by the right people. No church is not a perfect place. It's not, it's full of people which are imperfect. However, it is the spirit that binds us together in unity. All right. We all have the same goal in mind and that is to get closer to God and get closer to each other. All right. So number one, go to church. I I took a long time to get there. I'm sorry. I just get excited when we talk about church, (laughs) but church can be a place where you can get counseling without even going (laughs) to speak with someone to get counseling. All right. That is what a good spirit filled message is going to do for you. It's going to speak to your situation, no matter if you talk to anyone about it or not you know sometimes you'll hear a message and you'll you'll be like did somebody tell him what i was going through did, did somebody tell him you know who somebody must have called and told him what was happening in my house and how did he know this you know but that's that's just what a good ministry will do a good spirit filled leader would do because god is going to send the word that you need for your particular situation so it's important that you are surrounded by the fellowship of believers. All right. It's important to have that brother or sister that you can call when you're not feeling it, when you're not doing good, when you need encouragement. They can be the ones to give you the word to lift you up, you know, and say, no, 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 you're going to get up. You're going to get up right now and you're going to be okay. We're going to pray for you. We're going to dust your, your, dust your clothes off and you're going to get up and keep going. You're going to keep moving. All right. Now, Um, also get into the word. Anything that is going on in your life, you can find it in the word. You can find out stories, scriptures and things that have people that are going through the exact same thing that you're going through. And I, I, I had to learn that. But you have to search your Bible and you'll be able to find those things. If you don't know, how to search your Bible. If you don't know how to find yourself in there, what I like to do is to use Google. It's so simple. You can go on Google and whatever it is that you you want to study about. Um, Let's say you're going through depression. So I would type the phrase in Google, scripture about depression. And it's gonna pull up a whole list of different scriptures that deal with depression and you get your pen and your paper get your bible and i like to use the bible app the one that i like is um oh lord what is the name of this bible app that's terrible i should know it right off my head, at the top of my head bible gateway Bible Gateway is the Bible app that I like to use because it has the different translations on there, and I can read one verse in one translation and then read it in another translation, and I'll get a whole different meaning out of it. I'll see—I mean, it means the same thing, but I have a different viewpoint of it. So it's important that whatever it is that you're needing, whatever it is that you're going through, you know, it's important to look that up. In the scripture to see what the word has to say about it. Once you have your confirmation from the word about you know what the word says about it, then you can take those scriptures and pray that God help you out with those things. And you know, Lord, I know the Bible says this, and I need to see this. Help my faith, help my unbelief. What can I do in order to get these blessings? What can I do in order to get? this help that I need, all right? It's very simple. God wants you to come to him for all of the troubles that you have, the burdens that you bear. He wants you to come to him for that, all right? And so um, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, all right? He wants you to, to let him lift that load off of you, That's a whole nother uh, podcast as well, too. Trust in God, letting him have whatever issues it is that you're going through. Let him deal with that. All right. Trust your faith and trust. They go hand in hand. All right. Because I'm going to start preaching now. So let's go on to the next one. (laughs) All right. So the fifth item is that abuse of any kind should never be tolerated. I'm going to say that again. Abuse of any kind should never be tolerated. And you do know abuse comes in many forms, don't you? It's not just somebody hitting you. There's verbal abuse. Somebody can mentally abuse you. Somebody can financially abuse you. How about that? They can uh, they can hold withhold money or withhold your access to money so that you'll have to stay there and you can't leave if you get ready to. No, you don't have to take any of that, all right? A person, I can understand a person going through, having a hard time, maybe things aren't so great. Some words, harsh words and and intense moments may happen. However, there's a difference between having those times and having abusive moments, So there are times that I have to point out, no, you know what, this behavior is abusive and you have to point it out and let them know that, no, you're not going to tolerate that. You're not a garbage can. You're not a doormat. You're not a punching bag. All right. Do not tolerate abuse of any kind. Abuse is what? It's abnormal use. That means you're using something for the purpose that is not intended to be used for. You're not taking care of it. You're uh, harming it. You are not treating that person the way that they uh, should be treated, the way that any person deserves to be treated. As a woman, as a person, period, you should, you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. And if you can't be nice to me, you will at least respect me. (laughs) Okay. We're going to deal with each other with respect. We're not going to call each other names. We're not going to, of course, use our hands in any way, our feet, nothing like that. We're not going to hurl abusive phrases and and, uh, abusive words and things like that uh, around at each other. Okay. You have to be careful because there is a line. I understand, as I just said, I understand that sometimes things are rough. Sometimes I have to tell my husband, okay, I understand what you're saying, but please don't cuss at me. And I understand he may be cussing in frustration, but that's a boundary that I have set up. I do not appreciate being cussed at, whether you're cussing at me or not. If you're just having a conversation, you could say the same thing. I can understand what you're saying without you cussing at me. All right. And sometimes there just has to be a reminder. No, sir, we're not going to do that. All right. That's just one thing. And thank God my husband is is respectful. He does. He understands that. And he he when he's in his moment, when he does come back down, he'll realize, you know, I don't want to fight. I don't want to do this. You know, I don't I don't want to do this this way. And we'll come together and we'll be able to fight and resolve and make it you know, get to the point of what it is that we need to do or we'll come to a solution that, okay, we need to come back and revisit this again when we can um, and resolve the issue when we can. But when things get to the point where they are borderline abusive, um, that is where you need to take a stand. That's where you need to let them know, no, we're gonna set up boundaries. We're not gonna do this. If someone continually violates your boundaries, guess what? They don't deserve to be a part of your life. Because if you set the boundaries, you make them known and they continue to violate those boundaries, they do not need to be a part of your life. You can do bad by yourself. (laughs) All right. It's not just the movie title, title Tyler Perry, it's not just the title. You can do bad by yourself and you do not need anybody else to help you do that. And by yourself, guess what? You won't do bad. Okay. You will not do bad. Um. But yeah, that's my take on that. It is never, never okay to accept abuse. Don't make excuses for them saying, oh, they're just having a hard time. It's just the way I made them angry. You can never make someone angry enough to hit you. That is their choice. That's their decision to do that. It's never okay. And it's never your fault. So don't take the blame for that. You can't make anybody do anything. Sometimes it's good if you are able to talk to them when they're not in a in a state of mind where they're upset and, and, and you're already arguing with each other. Sometimes it's good to sit down and say, you know, sometimes the way that you talk to me makes me feel like, or sometimes when you do this, it makes me feel like, and then you fill in the blank. You know, express to them. Sometimes if you don't tell them, or if you try to go, look, don't match energy. You don't have to do that. You don't have to argue. I know somewhere in the Bible, I don't know where it, where it is, but somewhere in the Bible, it says it takes two fools to fight. <laughs> so two people have to be acting a fool in order to fight. All right. So you don't have to keep it going. The Bible says a soft a soft word turns away wrath. So basically somebody can be mad, but you don't have to match energy with them. All right. You can actually make the choice. This is why you have to be smart in arguments. You you can make the choice not to respond in the way that you want to respond because your flesh is going to tell you. Oh, no, you need to tell them you need to you need to let them have a piece of your mind. Oh, we we all about to get crazy up in here. No, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to fight. You can choose silence. Now, sometimes in my case, silence actually makes it worse. So it depends on the person. Silence may make it worse, but what you can do is let them know, you know what? I think it's not a good time to talk about this right now. And then you can choose not not to keep engaging in that conversation. You can change the subject. You can walk away. You can give them a kiss and let them know, yeah, we'll talk about this at a later time. All right. But my point is you don't have to Deal with abusive behavior. You are a child of God. God created you. He did not create you to be abused. You are precious in His sight. You are precious. God said, Touch not my anointed. You are His anointed. You are His child. If you are in an abusive relationship um, and you need help, I have a phone number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is going to be 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, which is 7233. So again, that's 1-800-799-7233. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't let them love you to death. Make sure that you are safe. Get some help. They have uh, looks like they have a website that's available 24 seven and their phone line is 24 seven as well. So if you need help, you can call them, you can chat, you can text with them. It says their phone number um, to text. You start the, you text the word start s t a r t to eight eight seven eight eight. And that's where you can find help. Um, and that, again, is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. All right. We don't need to see another woman lost or even men because there are men that are abused, too. We don't need to see another soul lost at the hands of their spouse or the ones that are supposed to love them. All right. So we want to see everybody. Everybody can make it through whatever it is you're going through. You can make it through. So it's time for today's coaching moment. All right. So the word for today is grow from it. All right. So. If I would have known then what I know now, there's a couple things that wouldn't have happened. So first, I wouldn't have taken so long to come out of all the issues that I was having. I wouldn't have taken so long to come out of the depression, out of the negative mindset that I had, out of the negative words that I spoke out of my mouth. It wouldn't have taken me so long to come out of it. All right. And then I also wouldn't have had to experience some of the pain that I went through because some of the pain actually to tell the truth was self-inflicted because I didn't go in to do the work that needed to be done in order to ensure that I was not affected by this pain. All right. And the stuff that I went through that I didn't have to. If I didn't go through the things that I went through, I would not be where I am today. I would not have the relationship that I had with God. I wouldn't have the relationship that I had with my family, with my husband. All right. If I didn't go through it, I wouldn't have the peace that I have now. I had to find out what lesson it was I needed to learn from going through something. That's where you find your help at. Once you find out what it is that you're supposed to learn, you can stop going in circles. And what they said the wheel spinning, the hamster wheel, you don't have to keep going in circles and keep fighting the same battle over and over. Once you find out the lesson that you need to learn from it, you can grow from it and move on. You can grow from it. and You can help someone else dealing with the same thing. All right. I had to grow from it. So that's my coach's moment for today. Grow from the things that you are going through. Use it as a catalyst. Everything that you go through serves a purpose. And whatever that purpose is, you'll find it on the other side of that pain. Make sure you look for the lesson in the things that you go through. You have to learn to grow from your adversity. There's an old saying, tough times don't last, but tough people do. All right. So today we talked about the five things every wife should know about PTSD. So number one was PTSD affects the whole house. Number two, it is not your job to fix your spouse. Oh, that rhymed. I'm a poet and didn't know it. (laughs) All right. Number three, PTSD is not the cause of all your problems, all the issues in your marriage. All right. Number four, self-care is a must. And finally, number five, abuse of any kind should never be tolerated. All right. So that's it for today. I hope that you all enjoyed the show. I hope that something was said that uh, sparked uh, the flame of change and <laughs> that sparked you to want to get closer to God or that sparked you to want to find out more information. I hope there was information and inspiration for you there. Whatever it is you need to do in this life, you can do it and you can do it with God. All right. I hope to see you all the next time on the podcast. Until then, you be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. All right. Peace, y'all.